This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Ferminger. My mission is to pull back the curtain on Vancouver's film and television industry and expose its beating heart, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom style, by getting deep and down and a little dirty with the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'll never forget the first time I saw Loretta Walsh perform on stage. The year was 2014, the play was called White Hot, and the venue was a cramped ramshackle black box theater located in an industrial space at Main and 2nd in Vancouver. I remember taking my seat and looking around the makeshift theater warily, wondering if it was condemned. But then the house went black. And when the stage lights came up on Loretta, the force of her performance bowled me over and left me breathless. Now, I've seen her do that again and again over the years. On stage and plays like this and Sex with Strangers, on television shows like Bates Motel and Psych, and in films like Downriver. She can be devastatingly funny and just straight up devastating, with her emotions splayed all over the floor. And that kind of mastery is why I keep following her to different theater venues, and is perhaps why she's one of the most in-demand acting teachers in the city. In recent years, Loretta, an Australian import, has built a fan base around the world for her portrayal of feisty Florence Blakely on the Hallmark Channel's hit family drama series, When Calls the Heart. The series is so popular that the fans of the show, called Hardys, hold their own fan conventions and make the series trend on Twitter globally whenever a new episode airs. So today, we're going to talk about the craft of acting. You, no one can see my hand gesture, but I did an acting hand gesture. We're going to talk about coming from away and building a career in this tumultuous business. And we're going to reflect on When Calls the Heart which had its own tumultuous time with the loss of one of its main stars. And P.S., we're not going to talk about that because we're not that kind of podcast and that's what Google is for. And we're going to reflect on the role that the Hardys, hashtag Hardys, have played in sustaining this series. Loretta Walsh, you devastatingly talented actress and teacher, you. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Sabrina, thank you so much. That was... uh, Come closer to the mic. That was... Thank uh, you quite an introduction thank you for saying all of those nice things about me i said nice things <laughs> but they're all true i thank tell you. no lies on the yvs screen scene podcast thank you i i was gonna say do you remember white hot do you remember that play but like i that okay number one was mm. that a condemned space uh yes yeah <laughs> It was. I found out shortly after that they got shut down. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah, this doesn't meet any code. It's a fire hazard, the whole thing. Yeah, it totally felt like that. You know, and it was one of those experiences that I was one of the producers of that show. And when we found that space, it was like cheap and kind of nasty. And we thought, well, that's what this play is, which is a total rock and roll 
show oh, you know gosh, sex so drugs and, and, and you know depravity and so we were like this is perfect but we had many challenges yeah <laughs> you know, in but that it really space. it left that play specifically like it definitely definitely left an impression on me and that was my introduction to Loretta Walsh yeah yeah we kind of loved it because people staggered out of the lobby you know, on the way out, just sort of going, what just happened? Yeah. You know, and it was it was a very dark play. It was a very funny play. It was a sexy play. Um, but people definitely had very strong opinions about I, it. I went and had a – my friend and I, we went and we had a very stiff drink after. Yeah. But that – it also – it got me really excited about the theater scene in this city as well because mm. that's the kind of reaction that you want, right? Like to feel – alive you know and to be sitting in the audience having that experience so yeah yeah Yeah. my husband was uh he always whenever I'm doing a play he always says I don't want to know what it's about don't tell me what it's about I want to have the experience of being an audience member and going for the first time but after that one he was like okay you know if (laughs) if you if you're going to be um putting yourself in a situation that I'm going to find kind of disturbing I do need you to tell me that wow (laughs) so you gave him the lowdown on both this and sex with strangers uh, I did I did you know I um I gave him sort of some some cliff notes. Yeah. You know, I said, listen, this is what you need to be aware of. <laughs> yeah, so in this one, I'm going to rub my uh, husband's ashes all over my body. And yeah. then in the, in the other one, I mean, maybe it's sex with strangers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a, <laughs> a kind of a raunchy title for something that's really at its core a love story. Yeah. But um, also about, you know, how we use and abuse each other to get what we really want out of life yeah and also how you know technology and social media is changing everything and how we deal with the world yeah you know so i'm i love plays it's, yeah it's I can my tell. first it's how i got into you know being an actor yeah well that is a wonderful for somebody who has not listened to the why we are screen scene podcast you do know how to do a segue to a question very well oh. i want to go back in time then i want to go to australia i guess australia mm-hmm. we're going to australia yeah. what part of australia i'm originally from southeast queensland okay uh, so the nearest city would be brisbane but i grew up well, you can put country. very specific coordinates. We can go back to the country then. Yes. Uh, of south, southeast Queensland. Southeast and Queensland. And so I want to, like, let's let's go and meet, like, you know, little girl Loretta. What kind yeah. of a kid were you? Oh, and- I was shy. I was a really shy and, and scared kid, actually. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think in my, I think in my young, young childhood, I was... I was also like pretty clingy, you yeah. know, which is interesting because I have a, a small child myself. Yeah. And, and sometimes I go, oh, you're so like you just just want to be held all the time. Yeah. But my parents tell stories of me also just wanting to be held and comforted and, you know. Do you remember what you were scared of? No. Yeah. No. I think, you know, once my um, once my early like five six-year-old memories sort of come into play I was just yeah I was just sort of afraid I'm afraid of strangers I was afraid of men I was afraid of being left alone you know I lived on a farm yeah so we had you know 
cattle. I was afraid of the cattle, you know, that they were going to like stampede me. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It was it was kind of an interesting thing. You know what? I, I guess I'm, I'm making a face that people can't see because it's like I'm trying to do some like math as you're describing being afraid because, you know, a lot of the work that I've seen you do is very fearless. And even just the fact that, you know, that the act of being an immigrant, of, you know, go, of leaving home and traveling thousands of miles and building a new life, like that mm. requires a lot of courage. So was there a switch for you or or is the fear still like present there? Oh, I think the fear is absolutely still there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, deep down, I think that, you know, like, uh, I think it's kind of normal in some ways. But yeah, I was a very sort of introverted, shy child. And I think that actually what started to bring me out of my shell was I started doing dance mm. when I was about six or seven years old. Yeah. And my parents would say, like, I was super meek and shy and had this really little voice. And then they remember going to my first ballet concert and all of a sudden it was something had come over me. Wow. <laughs> and I was sort of felt at home in a way. So I think um, it's interesting because I think a lot of actors are really kind of introverted yeah. and very thoughtful and shy and you know, have a lot of social anxiety. Yeah, about, I've, I've um, noticed that at all the events that I that I go to and the conversations that I have. Like, I've, I think yeah. a lot about that because I think part of it too is they can't, like, if, if you're, if you have social anxiety, and I say this you because I know I do have social anxiety, yeah. um, but you go to an event, you can't control the conversations that you have or, you know, can't control your setting or environment. But if you're an actor or if you host a podcast, there's a little bit more control over, you know, how you present yourselves and the interactions you have and how people see you. Maybe totally. that's what it is. This is where we get to totally. be in command. Yeah, and I think, you know, like acting is... Uh, you know, um, as John Patrick Shanley says, theater is the safe place to mm. do unsafe things that need theater to be done. Is the safe place to do unsafe things. I love that. Yeah, and you know, I think that can be translated to film. You know, yeah. like acting is you know a safe place to do unsafe things yeah. because there's the protection of the role, there's pr the protection of the script, of the the play, of yeah. the of the film script, and so. Yeah, I think sometimes it becomes an avenue for people to express themselves in ways that they don't dare express themselves in life, mm. or they don't uh, they don't express themselves in that way because they value their personal relationships. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can't go around being super duper honest all the time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, yeah, it becomes kind of a, a home to be able to do those things, which is very freeing. Yeah, you know, and for me. Um, in my personal life, I like things tickety-boo. I like yeah. things organized. <laughs> I like things calm. I like things loving and like save the drama for when they write you a paycheck. Right. You know? And that's, that is really, you know, my personal relationships are very stable. It's not to say that I don't get into conflict, of yeah. course, um, but I really do exercise that part of myself in my my acting yeah so when you were seven eight years old mm -hmm. what did you what did you want to be when you grew up I wanted to be a ballerina okay yeah I did I think my first like when I was really little I wanted to be a nurse oh which was interesting but I think it, that was sort of just a part of being fascinated with and also having some kind of healthy fear mm. around all things medical 
yeah um, which I still have to this day it's, it's one of my things that I have to do a lot of deep breathing you know yeah. when I had my daughter it was I oh gosh oh my there was a lot of meditation there yeah. was a lot of breathing <laughs> there was a lot of self-talk you yeah. know like to to kind of get through that experience um which was beautiful it know, ends up being end. beautiful but it is so it can be so traumatic and just Absolutely. like torturous on the on the body like I remember so I had I was in labor for like 38 hours and yeah. then um I, I remember like after they they pulled her out of me because she was a force of yeah. baby I, t- I said to a nurse I'm like how do people have more than one child? Because this has been awful. And she's like, well, you intellectually remember it, you know, mm-hmm. but then but then you kind of, you let it go. And I'm like, yeah. no. I guess it's yeah. so, sort of a form of amnesia. Yeah. You know, because... Yeah, Evolutionary and, amnesia, otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't correct. procreate. Yeah, correct, yeah. correct. But yeah, no, I wanted to be a dancer. That was my thing. I loved it, and I and I did it for probably about ten years. Yeah, and through that, I ended up getting involved with the local uh, like community theater society. Yeah, because they were looking for dancers, and one of the teachers at my at my elementary school at my primary school had said, "Hey." Uh, you know, there's this production of Oliver are looking for a bunch of kids and kids that can move, that yeah. can dance. You know, maybe Loretta would like to do that. And so I went and it was like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. My dance career was pretty short-lived. I did oh. I did dance with the, the Queensland Ballet Company in a production of Carmen with them when I was about 10 years old. Oh, which wow. was That's a very dramatic Yeah, ballet. it was very dramatic. Um but I grew up in small town Australia yeah. and um, the good thing about that was my childhood was go outside and play. Yeah. We lived on 3,000 hectares of land. We had bikes. We had free reign of the place. We had a river where we would go and swim. Yeah. And, you know, I was left to my own imagination a lot of the time, which I think is a big part of um, – why I love the creativity of make-believe yeah but you you mentioned the small town Australia thing like Mm -hmm. how did that fit in with the dreams that you that you had well I think I think you know I kind of got burnt when I was probably around 13 years old because I had had a dance teacher and turned out she was a crook Oh, oh. And what kind of crook? Just uh, teaching the wrong technique, like not because I did ballet, right? Which is so nowadays it's it's different. But yeah. oh, there's a syllabus though. But like, there is yeah. there are rules and yeah. there is very specific technique. And I had worked with her for years. And she was she was sort of the school of, you know, you're wonderful, darling. Oh, you're beautiful. You're wonderful, darling. Oh. Yeah. But she she really was not strong in her teaching of technique. Oh. So then she left town with everybody's money. Oh. Yeah. And then. So she's left. Everybody. Everybody's lost their money. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the right technique. That's right. Oh, no. Which was then not discovered until we went to a new dance teacher in like a closer city. And they went, oh, boy, 
all of the students who were studying with her have not been taught appropriately. You don't know jetés, you don't know your first position, second well, position. Yeah, you know, you could do it, but it wasn't to the level that it needed to be by that stage. So my heart was quite broken yeah. over that experience because she had also promised me that she was going to train me to be a teacher of dance. And I was really excited to do that. Oh. And so I just sort of felt really kind of abandoned, you know, by the whole thing. So I continued on um, doing dance. But then when I was about 15 or 16 years old, I sort of had the realization that I was too far behind. Yeah. I was too far behind. And also my interests were waning. Yeah. You know, I was sort of, you know, being a teenager, just way more interested in my social life, mm -hmm. way more interested in boys. Mm -hmm. And I had really discovered the acting thing at that point. So I thought, well, maybe dance was just meant to get me introduced to theater yeah what i find amazing about that story is that you were really being taught by an actor that's right you know and you went you didn't even realize it at the time like i would love to know more about the psychology of this woman who like she must have known she didn't know what she was yeah. teaching you yeah. know and like what is going through her mind you know in order yeah. to to give everybody like a technique that she's made up and presents it as this is ballet you yeah, know like you it's know, a flair for the dramatic right it there just Loretta. wasn't yeah just wasn't on it yeah. you know and I think she had the basics but and you know and she was from France and so everybody thought that she was you know this really um knowledgeable woman wow. you know um so fascinating right fascinating like, <laughs> did you ever come across her again Never. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I do remember her name very clearly. I should look her up. I can't say her name. Don't say I, it. I don't, don't want to get it. into trouble. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but that was really defining for me. Yeah. And I have actors in my family. My aunt and uncle are both actors. Oh. And um, uh, one of my cousins is a professional actor actually here in Vancouver, which is so hilarious. That Your cousin's here? Yes, that we both ended up in Vancouver. Um, and so, you know, Playing pretend and doing puppet shows and putting on shows was always just such a, a big part of my childhood. Okay, so despite the fact that you are in in rural Australia, yeah. you know, you're it was still part of your realm of possibility then. That's right. You know that. Okay. But at a certain point, I did know I have to get out of here. Yeah. I have to. You know, and I go back to visit my hometown now and I kind of go, oh my goodness, wow, like it's all so familiar. But to have the sort of um, the instinct for even from a young age to be like, nope, I'm I'm going to have to go further afield yeah. to be able to do what it is that I want to do. And my parents were very supportive of that. They always would say to us, you know, there's such a big world out there. There's so much to see and explore. And um, I, I really did take that to heart. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now that I have my own daughter, I can't believe how cool they were with letting me move to the other side of the world. I mean, yeah. I was an adult at the time, but... Oh my goodness, you know, I always say to my husband, if our daughter decides that she wants to go and live further afield, I'm packing my bags. I think I'm moving there too, you know, but she's only three. She's three. So, so we've yeah. got a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. She's not able to do that now. So you can't conceive of what she'll be able to do. Now, what about, um, so t tell me about that decision then to move and the kind of, you mentioned fear. Yeah. Like, what was your, 
like how how did you deal with fear in that moment? Were you faking the confidence? Was your mm-hmm. your need to go a field like stronger than the yeah. than the fear? I think so. Yeah. I think so. I think I could co- I could see the writing on the wall. Yeah. And I you know what was wonderful about growing up in a small town and in a small community is you had such inbuilt extended family. Mm. You know. Um, and everybody knew you, but that was also the bad part of growing up in small town, middle of nowhere. Great when you're a child, but yeah. I could sense as I got older, nope, I'm I'm craving um, some anonymity. You yeah, know, I'd like to be in a big city, and I just knew, you know, for me to sort of chase those bright lights yeah. I'm going to have to go to a bigger place yeah. and that became really exciting for me so that was that was a much bigger drive than my own sense of uh, anxiety and fear I wanted it more because yeah. I just knew well I'm not going to settle I'm not going to settle I'm yeah. going to I'm going to take it as far as I can so I went to university. Where'd um, you go? I went to the University of Southern Queensland, which is in Toowoomba, which is probably about uh, a two-hour drive from where my family lived. Yeah, so that was the first stop of yeah. your big city tour. So totally. that was bigger city than where you were actually from. That's right. Yeah. And I was 17 years old. I was young. And... Um, I went and did my theater school training, which was awesome. I look back on it now and I go, oh my gosh, I, I, I was so young. I knew nothing about the world. I knew nothing about myself, really. Yeah. You know, I was very, very innocent and sheltered. Um, what I could do with that training, you know, if I had done it 10 years later. But yeah. I really appreciate um, what that taught me, which was discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, like the theater students, the acting students, you know, even though people would kind of, you know, make fun of us sometimes because we were sort of theater nerds. Yeah. We were there from eight in the morning, sometimes till 11 o'clock at night, really immersing ourselves in all of the different things that you need to learn to Building be your toolkit. Yeah. yeah. Doing the work. Capital T, capital yeah, W. That's yeah. right. What kind of career did you want at mm. that point? When you're sitting there in your dorm room mm-hmm. and it, falling into bed exhausted, you know, after putting in like 15 hours, you know, in the theater school, like, what what were you dreaming about? What did you want? You know, that's a really good question. I try to have at least one. Yeah. Every episode. <laughs> that's a really good question. And I think at that point, I was still quite sheltered about mm. what was possible. I think that like you'd put limitations yes. on what your your yes. dreams were. Oh. Yes. You think that's a small town? I do. Thing? Yeah. I do. And and also when you're not exposed yeah. to certain kinds of uh, art forms, you you don't really think about them yeah you know um so I just knew that I wanted to be a working actor that's what I knew I knew like I want to do this for as many hours of my day as possible yeah so that's really what I knew um after that I moved to Sydney oh even bigger town than Toowoomba yes yeah (laughs) yes which was um which I feel like my real education began you Mm. know because I was way further away from my family I was living with my best friend I was having to like 
make my money and also do my auditions and my gigs when I got them. And so yeah. I learned so much during that time yeah. in my life, which was my early 20s. Um, and that's where I met my Canadian husband. Oh, now is that how we fast forward and get to Canada? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, okay. you know, I met this wonderful, very lovely, hilarious, smart, gorgeous man and um, fell head over heels in love. Yeah. And again, I'm, I, you know, sometimes I just make these decisions in my life where I don't think about them. <laughs> But like, you know, I, I, I sorry to keep returning to this fear anxiety thing because like yeah. that, I guess like, okay, so uh, disclaimer, spoiler, peek behind the curtain, Loretta and I are friends yeah. and we have spoken a lot about kind of our, our relationship with, you know, with, with fear and anxiety, you know, and, and various other things that lead to dark nights of the soul yeah. in our friendship. But I guess I've, I, we haven't really talked about this as it relates to career yet, you know, yeah. and and building our, our lives. And it's like, you know, so you had that fear, mm -hmm. that anxiety from when you were very little. And yet yeah. there are moments where, I don't, like, are you ignoring it or is it about making room for it in your life? And you're like, you know what? Or, or you, like that what you want is bigger than the the fear and the anxiety, you know, yeah. that is innate within us, you know, like moving to Canada and and like taking those risks. I know. You know? I do best when I just don't think about it too much. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, like sure. really, and I've made great decisions in my life by not thinking about it too much. Yeah. The decision to sort of, you know, because um, I was going to go and, and become a teacher and I only auditioned for one acting school. And, you know, I just, that's what I really wanted to do. And yeah. then when I got in, you know, when I auditioned with hundreds of people and was like one of the 15 people that got in, I just thought, oh, this is a sign and this yeah. is what I really want to do. And don't listen to the naysayers, you know, that yeah. you're never going to make it and you're going to be broke and blah, blah, blah. Just go for it. Yeah. So, so if it's an important decision, then in your yeah. life, you have to not think about it. That's right. But with, <laughs> but with that said... You know, I think that um, uh, it's something that has to be managed, yeah. you know, for myself. And that's, you know, I think it's it's very, very common. Mm -hmm. I think all of us experience, you know, anxiety and fear at some points in our lives. Um, the more I do my work in terms of my career, the more I... Uh, immerse myself in that the smaller my anxiety becomes yeah. you know? but I get anxious about things like my schedule yeah. you know like because I have a kid and I'm like oh my goodness I've got to get my child care and what's going on and the nature of of being an actor is so much of it is last minute oh yeah so it's not even the performing element that is sort of like oh no i love that part yeah it's uh, sometimes all the it's, everything around it yeah, yeah that gets you to that moment yeah which yeah. is totally illogical um and and you know the um i guess the remedy for it is is you know just being really present yeah right? and just going okay you know what just take a deep breath you are going to get it done you're going to get to the pharmacy you're going to put gas in the car yeah. you're going to get to the bank you're going to pick up your kid you're going to give her a snack you know because sometimes i think being women we're just constantly we have that mental list oh yeah the emotional labor yes that and we end up having more of on our list than than our partners often do yeah yeah, it's yeah. True. which you know i sometimes 
I think sometimes men don't really want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, which I get, but also <laughs> help. Yeah. <laughs> help. But I, I think that's good that we're talking about it because I think that, you know, because we can't read they can't read our minds you know we can't read theirs so if they're not if they and I mean of any gender if you're in a, a relationship of any gender and one of you is doing the emotional labor and the other is not unless you're expressing it you know and say this is what's going on with me your partner's not gonna not gonna know right totally you and know. I think we're just wired differently yeah I think women from the beginning have been great multitaskers yeah you know being the gatherers yeah you know they know how to watch the children and gather the berries and it's multitasking you know, Keep the camp, fault. Keep the fire yeah. going. You know, I think we're just, our brains are wired differently. Yeah. Um, but for me, sometimes, I know it sounds so silly, but sometimes it's those things that can sort of trigger my anxiety and I go, whoa, I, you need to just take some deep breaths right now yeah. and know that you are going to get it done and also just know to not overschedule myself, which yeah. has been a big learning experience. You yeah. Know? Before I had my daughter... I would schedule a lot into my day. And it was really, it, it was funny because I, I recently was a part of the Women in Film and Television mentorship program mm -hmm. in which, uh, you know, a younger uh, female actor um, can request a mentor, yeah. you know, of somebody who they know in the local scene to help them and, you know, give them some advice and help them move forward and get what they want out of their careers and I worked with this wonderful young woman Jennifer Pilak who's so funny and um, so beautiful and so vulnerable and like a really good actor yeah and she said to me you know like I really wanted you to be my mentor because you are an actor you're on a tv show you have your own theater company you produce all these plays you're also a teacher and you're a mother and I want to do all of those things and I just want to know how are you doing it and I just thought to myself oh my goodness I'm not yes. <laughs> like I'm I'm not actually um thank thank you for kind of holding up a big mirror but a lot of that is perception mm -hmm. because I'm not doing all of those things at the same time. Right. And if I am, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So it's, you know, compartmentalizing and also just learning. I think because my drive has always been like, get it done, do it, make it happen. Push do the through, work, push keep through. Keep going, keep yeah. going, you know. And that's also like a part of my culture in a way in Australia there's sort of this uh, it's a real generalization but there is a bit of a thing which is buck up yeah you know, walk it off you'll be right you know I'll stop crying you know don't get so emotional and don't be such a drama queen just keep going yeah and I think that having that resilience is good yeah but I think you also I I need to really also I guess honor what's actually happening and how I'm feeling yeah you know, in I, the moment too right yeah. like it, it you are allowed to have your feelings you yeah. are you are allowed and you need to acknowledge them or else you can actually do damage to yourself what I what I find mm. interesting about this conversation talk about that you had with your mentee mm -hmm. and um and then thinking about you know you as a as a student and like you're a teacher you know and yes. you're working with a lot of people who are who are coming into the industry and stuff like what what kind of 
conversations are you having with them or are you having conversations with them about what it means to survive in this industry? Mm-hmm. You know, because like I know, you know, like it's only recently that even like the the film and TV industry is talking about stuff like, you know, mental health mm-hmm. uh, in, in the industry and the impact that this industry, yes. you know, that the vagaries of this industry can have on, on somebody's uh, spirit, you know. So I'm not necessarily even talking about mental health, but like what kind of, you mm-hmm. know, like are you talking to them about what life it looks like when you live in this industry? Like what do they want to know and what do you say? Yeah, I think that um, I think there's a lot of things to cover. Um, you know, uh, a really good piece of advice that was given to me by one of my mentors, Benjamin Ratner. Was oh, yeah. He, you know, who Ben, who is a, a, has been a wonderful influence um, for me as an acting teacher and as a mentor and as a friend. Yeah. And as a, as a co-creator, you know, we've worked together and done plays together. And I have so much respect for Ben. And he said, you gotta, you got to figure out what kind of life you want to have. What kind of life do you want? Yeah. Because there are some actors who sort of on paper have the dream, you know, are a lead on a series or whatever, but they are living away from their family because yeah. they're shooting in a different city and, you know, maybe, maybe that isn't quite the life that they yeah wanted for themselves you know the good thing is with being an actor is so much of it is transient and temporary so you can be doing jobs and then it's over but when I ask myself you know like what kind of life do I want to have I always knew I didn't want to be a starving artist I always knew that Um, and I I want to I want to be near my home yeah, no, I want to sleep in the same bed as my husband most nights. Yeah, and now with our daughter, being around for her is just so important. Yeah, so then that makes decisions for me. <laughs> you know, like that means oh, I'm I'm not moving to Los Angeles right now. Yeah, you know, like if something big happened there, of course, amazing. Yeah, that would be so great. But it sort of just uh, influences the choices I yeah. make. Yeah, and but it's okay to change what you want 100%. as well, right? Like you don't have to get stuck in that idea. Like I spent a lot of time talking to, like over the years, if I'm interviewing you know, the same person over the years, I talk to them about what success is and how mm. it's changed. And it does, it often, their idea, like what they want can change. And that's totally 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 okay yeah totally legitimate yeah and I think that you know uh, that's also something that I do say to actors is you need to check in and be like what do I want now yeah okay so this is what I wanted five years ago and I got it now what do I want yeah you know um and for me I teach the craft of acting you know because I really have such deep love and respect the the true craft of acting and being able to do that work um and i think nowadays things are it's a different world with instagram and um how many followers do you have yeah and being an influencer you know online and all this kind of stuff which is just something that i don't have experience with so 
I think some of the challenges for these younger actors are, are different yeah. in a way. That they need to, that they feel that they need to think about being an influencer and how they present themselves online. Like, and they give that the same import as the craft? Some of them do. Yeah. And I, uh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, but I always think, you know, craft wins. Yeah. I, I just, I, I love I, that because I was thinking about your dance teacher who she just made up her own craft and she didn't really give you the foundation. I know. And she disappeared, right? I know. Yeah. But you know what? It, it all worked out. I it ended did. up where I was meant to be. That's yeah. the hard thing sometimes, right? You know, and, and in this business too, you know, it stings when you go out for something or you get really close to getting a really great part. And for me, as I stay in the business, it's becoming less and less about being validated. It's about the true joy of being able to play that music. Yeah. And go, oh, yes, I want to, I want to, this creative process. I want to play this part. I really want to speak for the people in the world who relate to this character. That really means something to me. Yeah. So it can really hurt, you know, if you don't get it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I combat that, I think, with being really kind to myself, mm. you know, having real self-compassion, which I've had to learn. Yeah. And also by having a, a rich and stable personal life. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was saying this to someone the other day because I've, I've been having some anxiety recently um, because of my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids are just constantly going through things, right? Yeah. And there's a really great um, saying that my mother-in-law told me one time, and she said, a mother is only ever as happy as her unhappiest yeah. child. I, I, I've heard that, and that is... Oh, that's the truth. Well, they say it's like it's your heart walking around outside of your body. Yeah. And I get it. But I was saying to someone, it's interesting because, you know, as much as I have my own sort of personal history with uh, anxiety and certainly not wanting to project that onto my kid, Mm -hmm. when I'm with her, my anxiety goes away. Mm. It's really actually a beautiful gift to be like, oh. You don't care. You know, you don't care if my audition was good. You, yeah. <laughs> you don't care that I'm, you know, getting older in this business. You don't care what I look like. You know, you just, we're just connected to each other, yeah. you know. And there's there's challenge there, of course, but there's so much love. Yeah. So That's a good foundation a with good, which to go through the day, for yeah, sure. Just yeah, just having a good life. Yeah. You know, I think that um, I made many sacrifices when I was younger to be an actor, as you do. Um, But yeah, it's just that constant assessment of hang on a second, am I willing to miss this part of my life for this job? Yeah. You know? Yeah. and sometimes you are. Yeah. And sometimes you can't help it. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm going to miss my kids' school play, but I have to work and I don't have a choice around that. And yeah. that, that sucks. Um, but having a good life. So that's the thing that I, you know, got from Ben and also really try to impart to young people too, because yeah. they want it so badly and they've got so much passion and so much hunger for it. And that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, you need um, that hunger to sustain you in a lot of ways. Yes. Business can be a bit. Yeah, yeah, it can. It can chew you up and spit you out. You can yeah. get beat up. So, um, 
but also having a good life. And that means everything. Yeah. That means like, you know, caring for yourself. That means doing things that are fun, traveling, you know, finding something to do that is um, just for fun, you yeah. know, that doesn't have to be always connected to um, being an actor. Actor! Yeah, because yeah. it makes you way more interesting, yeah. you know, as a person and you know you meet incredible people and learn more about life which will then feed into yeah. your craft what about um being an immigrant because mm-hmm. uh, you are an immigrant i am there's yeah. a lot of talk right now about about immigration and canada and diversity and yeah. uh and i know that in some of the writing i've done for the courier i've been looking at uh the impact that um or, or the kind of the challenges that actors with accents yeah. face as they move through the move through mm-hmm. the industry but how about for you how do you think that being an immigrant has helped or hindered you mm-hmm. in pursuing your career here yeah i think that uh, you know i've been in Canada for 18 years and I used to live in Toronto and I remember when I landed and I was so excited because Toronto is like I think after London and New York is third for theater and I was like oh my gosh this is so exciting it felt like being in New York City to me like big city um, and I remember sending out all my, my headshots and resumes to agencies because I wanted to get an agent. Yeah. And I was doing all the follow-up phone calls, you know, because everything was on the phone at that point. You know, yeah. you weren't really emailing too much. And um, I remember talking to an agent who, who kind of crushed me because she said to me, oh, you're from Australia? Look. Listen, sweetheart, you should just go back there because there's nothing for your kind here. And your kind? I hung up the phone and burst into tears, you know, and my husband came home and was like, What is going on? And I was like, I'm never going to make it here. She told me I should just leave and there's nothing for me. And he was like, Wow. Hold the phone. It was really quite devastating obviously to have somebody literally say that to you right you know like you don't belong essentially wow essentially you don't belong you're not marketable Uh, you're not gonna work get out of here you know um on one hand yes it's 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 devastating and shocking and yet like if the not like it absolutely happens here like yes. it absolutely I know that it can be shocking for people who aren't immigrants or aren't people of color when they when they come across that but my god that that definitely exists in Canadian society yeah for sure yeah and you know and I find it found it really tricky in Toronto which is a great city and mm. I, I certainly love it I go back every year and made the best friends of my life in Toronto yeah. such an awesome place um but the feedback would always come back. She needs to lose her accent. She needs to lose her accent. So when I moved to Vancouver 12 years ago, I just went, you know what? I'm going to do a little experiment. I'm just going to pretend that I'm American. I'm just going to pretend. Huh. And so how did that I, experiment work out for you? It worked. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? It made me feel like I couldn't really be myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, 
And, you know, and even now, like a lot of casting directors in town, like if something comes up with an Australian accent, you know, my agent will call and say, well, you should see Loretta for this. She's from Australia. And they go, oh, right. I totally forgot she's from there. Because I would say 98% of the auditions I go into uh, with a U.S. accent. So you still do that? I do. Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays I'm more uh, courageous yeah. to walk into the room and say, I'd like to do an Australian version for you today. I'll give you an American version for sure. Yeah. But are you cool if I do do it in an Aussie accent as well? Yeah. And the casting directors here are lovely, you yeah. know. Um, sometimes the they do know more information than you. So yeah. sometimes I'll just say, listen, we just know they absolutely want a U.S. sound. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can sort of call that too. You know, you can look at the show and go, listen, they don't really hire people who don't have a North American sound for the most part. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take an educated guess here. Um, but now I'm I'm more courageous to to let that side of myself come out. Yeah. Um, and I am really aware that I, I live in North America, you know, and and yeah, I, I guess because I was burnt in the past and also because then it worked for me yeah. to just not even make it a thing. Yeah. And just do an American accent and I have found success that way. Yeah. Nowadays I feel kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, we are in a period like where there is a shift happening. Yeah. You know, like I did that article where you had Almiro and yes. Andrea Stefanchikova come in yeah. and they're like, why can't like if if like I, I think what was the statistic? It's like 40 percent of people in the States have an accent or yeah. like is, so why can't there be, you know, uh, like a, a lawyer or a romantic interest or whatever that has an accent? Like why? That's right. You know, why can't we just ex- like if this is what the reality is in in the culture and in society, mm-hmm. why can't it be reflected that way in the entertainment? industry that's right you know yeah i think on screen yes and i think this conversation is so important yeah i think that ultimately um producers are the ones who have to get on board yeah and they have to go oh my goodness you're right i think that it's not even coming from a uh, from um a like a, a harsh place i think i think sometimes they're just not even thinking. I th- I suspect that that's uh, it's like well, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah, you know. So why should we? Why should we change? Yeah. But I think it's important. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, I feel more comfortable. Um, sometimes when I get the part, if I feel like it's appropriate. Yeah. And if I know the director, you know, um, I can say, how would you feel? you know if this if this character was australian yeah you know um but it is a source of it is you know um a source of discomfort because we're all trying to get hired yeah and so that means um fitting in to a certain thing sometimes yeah but it is important and um i mean even if if it's just if the discussion means that people are thinking about it yeah in a different way you know it's not even about going in and instituting rules and stuff but if you can no. get people like you're saying the producers thinking about it yeah it's like you know, why not why not you know and i you- love your accent thank you 
your Thank natural you. Loretta voice. Although the, the, the Toronto accent you did was pretty spot on <laughs> as well, even though the things you were saying were very harsh. Yeah, I, I remember her name too. Yeah, I, yeah. So, like all the people that, you know, I, I have had a negative experience with. It's like, yep, it's I feel like I have this mental book. Oh, yes, that person. Yeah. But they had an impact. Yeah. And listen, when that happened, you know, after I'd sort of had a big cry, I was just like, F that. Yeah. No, you can swear on this podcast, oh, you know. Thank yeah, you. Um, I'm sorry I, I didn't say that earlier, but yes. Oh, that's okay. Oh, thank you. Thank you for telling me. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm so used to you know not swearing so much because of my daughter. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. I because had she picks up everything for a yeah. few years. I because I am known around my household as the person who stubs her toe like all the time, and I train myself. That when I would stub my toe, instead of saying fuck, yeah. I would say balls. Right. And so that was like Mari's go-to swear word for the longest time too. Yeah. Like she said, balls. Yeah. 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 No, I'm I'm a big fan big fan of darn. Oh wow. <laughs> darn. But yeah, this morning I had a close ca- a close call in my car. You watched that potty mouth, Loretta. And uh, and and darn did come out. Wow. With my daughter in the car, but it was it was warranted and yeah. it was involuntary. Yeah, because it was a scary moment. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, I think it is really important to have the conversation, and I think that the more we do talk about it, like I was on set of a movie recently. Uh, with a director who I'd worked with before and she said to me she was like hey for the rehearsal let's try it in your in your Australian accent I've I've never really heard you do it and let's just see if it's appropriate yeah you know and so we did and then we had a talk about it and I said I don't know if it's too much of a sort of a red herring yeah you know for for you know what the scene is or whatever and so we decided to do it just North American um, you know, for that character, yeah, which is sort of the way I had prepared it. Um, but it's having those conversations, yeah, you know, and saying, okay, you are enough. And you know, with that said, if I have a student who comes to me who has um, who has a different uh, dialect, um, I will say that's awesome. You should learn as many dialects as you can. Larry yeah. Moss, who's a wonderful acting teacher, he says you should learn every accent or dialect that you look like. Mm. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a, a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot. So yeah. just for your craft as an actor, be the one who can do all of the accents. It will help you. Yeah. It'll help you, you know, get some gigs. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's very good that we're that we're talking about it, and you know, we have to we have to make room for everybody. Yeah, we yeah. must. We must. Yeah. Okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Okay, great. And uh, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about one calls the heart. Okay. And we're gonna talk about flow. Uh huh. And we're gonna talk about the Hardys. Okay, Hashtag great. Hardys. Hashtag uh, Hardys. Because I mean, they require their own segment for sure. You're darn tootin'. Darn right. tootin'. <laughs> we're gonna take a break. Thank you. Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers (ACTRA) provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series, and movies. Feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix? 
For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA Ultra Low Budget Agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low budget or even no budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered, and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP ACTRA. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP ACTRA member. Go to ubcp.com for more information. So, I want to talk about When Calls the Heart, because it isn't just a show. It's a community. Mm -hmm. It's a phenomenon. Mm -hmm. It's made and broken all kinds of audience numbers uh, for Hallmark Channel. Um, okay, so what do you think it is? What do you think it is about mm. the series that has made it so popular? Like, because I'm sure other networks are looking and trying to figure out what mm. is it about the show. You know, I I have some ideas. Okay, but um, it really is a movement. It really is a movement. I think. I think it's part of the genre, the specific genre, which is a period piece in which people love. Yeah. I think it's also a show that people appreciate because they can watch it with their kids. Yes. You know, because nowadays there seems to be like a lot of children's programming and then adult programming. And, you know, I mean, Disney, they're incredible in making films that parents also enjoy yeah um but to have a series that you know i think there's a, a lot of people who want to be able to watch something with their kids um in which they can also talk about you know the themes of that show which are about community and hope and overcoming together and making mistakes and making up for those mistakes and love um and forgiveness and how relevant when we're talking about all the off-screen stuff that had to do with when calls the heart you know between the seasons yeah. as well right like that's that's, that's right. those are important themes and and really really powerful did yeah. you know going in though that this that, like what it would become no there's no indication there's no way yeah i i remember getting the call for the audition for when calls the heart and i was in ontario at the time on vacation oh. with my husband's family and again talking about like making those decisions like those instinctual decisions without yeah. thinking I, I got the call and I, after I went I'm on vacation I I went oh I think I need to go to this audition it's instinct it yeah. was just instinctual and I knew that Michael Landon Jr. who was the showrunner, director, yeah. producer was going to be there and I thought oh I think I need to go and meet him yeah. There's something about this that just resonates. I could just really understand the humanity of um, of the story yeah. um, of these people and so of the characters. And I auditioned for a different character oh. than Florence. And then a few days later I got a call saying, listen, they want to send you to network for Florence instead of this other character. And I kind of went, what? what? Oh, well, she's a bigger part. She's got more story happening. Yeah. Um, that's exciting. Yeah. And then um, they then they called back and said, everybody has to audition for the part that they get. So you have to go back in yeah. with new sides and, you know, um, go and work with Michael. 
And so I did and then, you know, ended up getting the part. So I was thrilled yeah. because for me it was my first um, recurring part yeah. on a series. And right from the beginning, the people that were attracted to that show were all um, all really positive, um, collaborative, generous people. Yeah. Right from the beginning. So I don't know. You know, these things sort of just find their way. Yeah. So then when we went to season two, we were all like, oh, my goodness, that's okay. Yeah. And I've just started um, shooting season seven. Seven. Which is. Wow. That's uh, a milestone. Yeah. I started a couple of weeks ago and I was driving to set and I really, truly, I, I really, truly, without being all hashtag weird I just felt gratitude I really did you felt hashtag blessed yeah I yeah. just thought are you kidding me seven years you know and working with awesome people it really is it, I think that this show has just attracted really like the same kind of people yeah who who just get along with each other and it's sort of a well-oiled machine at this point yeah but I genuinely like the people that I'm working with you know I really do and I think that translates yeah but these hearties yeah let's talk about the impact that the hearties have on the work that you're mm-hmm. that you're doing yeah um and like because we had Johanna in here last yes. season and she spoke at length about the hearties mm-hmm. and and the joy that she that she personally derives from them and how mm-hmm. they've actually helped her through some really dark moments but like mm-hmm. when you're on when you're on set and you're doing the work like mm-hmm. what role are the hearties playing in that are you guys talking about them are you thinking about them you know like like how, how do they kind of interplay with the craft itself um i think i think you know the hardies are, are never far from our minds yeah you know uh, I think so. Just to interject there, I did have the chance to go to the one of like the very first Hardy family right. reunion that was mm-hmm. out in in Langley, and I think I got a ride back with you yeah. that day. But one of the the things that I remember is um, one of the writers saying that they actually have a picture of a group of Hardys like in the writers' room. Yeah, that like even when they're writing, like they're they're thinking about the fans. Yeah, you know, which I thought that was very that's so great, very meaningful yeah yeah it does and it does start at the top yeah you know I think that's also a part of you know the success of the show is the positivity starts at the top yeah you know with the showrunner and with the writers and the producers and so um, that really trickles down to everybody I think when we're at work you know it's a job yeah right so it's like we got to light this, we got to set it up, you know, oh, this is a problem, we got to fix it. So I think we're all very much in, you know, get your job done and do it to the best of your ability. Mm. Um, But I think the Hardys are, you know, never too far from our minds, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of people on the show who have uh, a lot of social media followers. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, they're always posting little tidbits you know, for the Hardys because they're they're so interested in, yeah. in what's going on, and I think they sort of uh, many of them feel like they are also a part of the show, and they are. They are. Yeah. There's, there would be no season seven of When Calls the Heart seven. if we didn't wow. have these super fans. Yeah. You know who really are extraordinarily kind people. 
Yeah. You know, I would I would echo what Johanna said. Yeah. You know, like I remember going through tough times, you know, in my own life and it was my birthday and having all of these cards and birthday wishes from people who I don't know, yeah. you know, and it was just like, oh, my goodness, like it's so lovely yeah you know or uh, lovely to know also that the work that you're doing touches people in that kind of way because it's not just yeah. about the experience that you're having right like it's also realized like you know you you put the work in and you're in the character and it's amazing but it's also like the work you're doing is touching other people it's pulling yeah. it's giving them distraction diversion entertainment that's in right. an emotional experience and they're in their lives right and so that's, that's I right. guess where that, uh, yeah. where that intersects. Yeah, and I think yeah. we just, you know, I think we all want to escape into stories sometimes. Yeah. And I know that sometimes I get really overwhelmed by the news and I get really overwhelmed by what's going on in the world and how scary that is. Mm. And I think that um, the fictional town of Hope Valley is kind of a balm yeah for that <laughs> you know yeah, like absolutely it's a safe place it's a place of of all of the things that we want yeah. you know which is engagement and connection and compassion and humor mm -hmm. and um having problems and figuring them out and being able to lean on your community when you need to yeah. and make make mistakes and people still love you yeah. you know so in some ways, I think it's, you know, it's just a really nice um, escape, yeah. you know, to soothe the balm of the reality of life. Yeah. You know. Are you a fan of anything? Like, Am like, I a fan like of anything? A, like a hashtag anything? Like, a ha like, a, like in the way that the Hardys are a fan of Winkles the Heart? Like, are you, do you, what do you, what do you stand? What do you ship? Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I'm all over the shop. Yeah. But I, um. You know, I must say, I'm, I'm a big fan of Beverly Hills 90210. That's, wow. I know, I know. Like things from my teenagehood. Yeah. I'm like Degrassi. I know. Like I, I auditioned for Jason Priestley earlier this year, and honestly, my inner fifteen-year-old was just dying yeah. inside. You know. Um, but were I'm you not, Team Brandon or Team Dylan? When I was you were? Team Brandon. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was thrilling, right? Yeah. But, but I just tried to keep myself together. Keep and, it cool. Yeah, keep it cool, Loretta. Yeah. I didn't get the part, but it was like, you know, that was really thrilling. Yeah. Uh, and I love Dolly Parton. You know, you like, really? I know, like, I'm sort of random, you know? You are. I'm really random. You contain multitudes is yeah. what it is. I'm not surprised, though. Yeah. Uh, I, Dolly Parton, eh? I know. Powerful woman creating yeah. her own reality yeah. you know came from a really tough childhood yeah. and it's just all about you know i think she's you distributed more free books like all over the states yes. than like anybody else has like yes. through through her through foundation her, through her charity that's it's amazing right. yeah i just read one of her books and she's just all like honey <laughs> you don't you don't need that kind of negativity in your life you know like, you do that accent so well <laughs> and i'm like that's right. Like she really <laughs> That's is. That's right, Dolly. She's a true example of like you do you. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and she has done extraordinary things for kids, wow. you know, which is really beautiful. So, yeah. but I wouldn't say that I'm like a uh, Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm um 
like fixated on one certain yeah. thing. Do I you love know what I, mean? I do. I do love the idea though that you have a little Dolly Parton in your consciousness that like, you know, like gives you pep talks along the way. Yeah. In, in, during all the tough po- parts of your day, Dolly Parton is there. Yeah, yeah. I think she's just so great. I yeah. just remember watching 9 to 5 when I was little yes. and, you know, and just learning more about her, yeah. you know, as I got older and I just thought, "Oh, she's so cool." Yeah. You know? So talented, so cool, and just so kind. And can we just also say she's a bombshell? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I don't care. <laughs> I'll get more plastic surgery, honey. You know, like she's like, she's doing her, yeah. you know. And anyway, so I think she's really cool. That's amazing. Well, I think you are really really cool and I'm so excited that you were able to find the time that we were able to make our schedules align and you were yeah. able to come in here so Loretta Walsh where can our fans find you on the social media oh yes so my Instagram is at Loretta underscore Walsh and so is my Twitter okay and on Facebook I do have like an actor page as well just search Loretta Walsh and you'll find me okay yes. I will find you Thank and now you. I'm not gonna be able to look at you without hearing Dolly Parton so that's kind of a neat association that you have created for me so no I, I just thank you for love that. her yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right to you our fans I say like and subscribe leave us a review five stars no less you can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR screen scene the YVR screen scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by myself Sabrina Firminger and it's produced and edited by Simon Firminger and I give special thanks to Tyson Braddock and Paul Firminger for technical support it's a lot of Firmingers we're a family business and also to Dane Develay for the original music YVR screen scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene and cat.